Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. And guys, normally I wouldn't start with the... uh, team in Los Angeles, technically Los Angeles, that is not on an 11-game winning streak, but you guys both played baseball at a very high level, and I'm very intrigued by this because the uh, the Los Angeles Angels did something today that, Brandon, we have not seen. Uh, that is ex- extremely rare. Can you explain what is happening today? Yeah, so the Angels called up uh, their their prospect, the 11th overall pick in this year's draft, Nolan Shanwal, who played for, you know, who 40 days after he only played 21 games in the minors and he did really well. And, you know, it was widely, he was widely considered as the most MLB ready hitting prospect um, in college baseball. I mean, he hit 447 with a 615 on base percentage and 70 walks and only 14 strikeouts in college, which is ridiculous. So obviously they wanted a guy with the Angels right now having a lot of guys that are home run strike if three outcome guys, similar to what you saw if if Grant, you guys were watching the Dodgers series, like Willie Adamas for the Brewers, like the Brewers have a lot of those three outcome guys. They wanted a guy that could get on base. And they realized with CJ Crone now dealing with some injury, um, you know, it still remains to be seen if he's gonna be on the IL. They said, look, this kid, at the very worst, can get on base and get a couple singles and doubles at the MLB level. Let's bring him up. But first, for people that don't know, first U.S.-born player to debut within 40 days of being drafted since uh, Texas pitcher Jerry Don Gleaton in 1979, who turned out he wasn't that good, by the way. Last position player, Toronto catcher Brian Milner in 1978, also not that great. So, again, like historically, the odds are stacked against him from being called up this early. He might struggle right away. But I like the move. I like the aggressiveness of Perry Menashe. And, you know, you're 60 and 62. Get this kid reps. Get all the young guys reps for future years. Like, that's my, like, I don't care if he's in double A or the MLB. If he's MLB ready, bring him up and let him get the reps. But it's an unprecedented thing. Great. Yeah. When you, well, yeah, when, when you first heard this, what was the first thing that came to your mind? Well, the first thing that came to my mind is, well, this is crazy. First of all, that was my, my statement because I, Probably thought that they would come up for the September Cubs, which isn't too far away. But I always thought that Nolan Shanua was going to be a guy that they call up next year and just have, you know, kind of integrated into the team next year when they start the season. Um, this guy absolutely rakes. I mean, I, I know Brandon has been, you know, me and Brandon have been going back and forth about him. I don't care what level you're at. I mean, he was in double A. He was in single A. 
Um, if you send them to AAA, it's basically the same thing. I mean, Salt Lake, it doesn't really compare. If you send them to Salt Lake City, it's not really going to do much. So bring them up now. I think it's an excellent move. People are saying, oh, well, the Angels are being too aggressive. You know, it's going to hurt his development. If anything, this is going to accelerate his development because you get him into a big league lineup, which he's eventually going to be up next year anyways. Why not just bring him up now and get that experience? So in the offseason, he can say, okay, these are the things that I did right. These are the things that I did wrong in a big leagues already. So that when he comes up next year and he's the full-time first baseman, which I'm assuming he's going to, or whatever position he plays, he's going to be ready. And he's going to have that experience already. Look, the, the Rays did something similar with Wander Franco. A couple, I know I'd, I hate to say this, Wander Franco, but he came <laughs> up and he did really well for half of a season. And then they, you know, he went to a full season and had that confidence. They can do the same thing with him. I hope that the outcome isn't the same, but you know, he's hitting 370. He was hitting 370 in double a five ten on base. I mean, this guy is one of the best pure hitters coming out of college that I've seen in a while. And why not just bring him up now? I agree with, with Brandon bringing up now is, is ideal. I think it's, and, it's the right move. And also something to add to the scouting report. A lot of people questioned the draft pick by the angels at the time, because Nolan Shane mm-hmm. struggled in the, in, in using wood bat in the Cape Cod league the previous mm-hmm. summer, but he got his eyes fixed. He apparently was seeing like 2040 and still Oof. hitting like 400 in college. And then he got his eyes fixed and he had one of the more impressive, you know, seasons, regardless of any anywhere, like up there with Dylan Cruz and Wyatt Langford for the like amount of times he was able to get hits and get on base. So this was a steal of a selection by the Angels. The Angels have really killed their draft picks in the first round in the past few years. Even Sam Bachman from a few years back, that was a really weak draft class and they ended up getting at the very least a high leverage reliever, you know, so they're doing a good job and he's MLB ready. So. For casual fans, again, who are used to other sports, again, hockey and baseball are the two when you get drafted. Just, you know, for the most part, we don't see them game one. In the NFL, we do. In the NBA, we do. In baseball, if you guys can explain why this is so rare and why it's important, generally speaking, for someone to get a year plus, double A, single A, triple A, things like that. Yeah, I think I think for baseball, it, it's a lot, a lot different because in the NFL, you don't have a minor leagues in yeah. the NBA, you have a G League, but the G League is mainly driven for guys that are trying to make an NBA roster kind of two year, three year guys that are like college on the outside of college kind of trying to get into the league. Um, you do see the G League Ignite team, but that's kind of a separate thing. That's probably the only team that you'll see that a guy can get drafted right away from mm-hmm. uh, in baseball. You have three, four levels of minor leagues with a ton of players like there are hundreds of players that maybe even thousands i don't know the exact number but there are so many players also there's a lot of rounds in baseball drafts i mean there yeah. used to be 52 rounds of baseball <laughs> draft now there's only 20 which is still a lot, still compared, a lot to, yeah. yeah compared to i mean in the nba you get two rounds in the nfl you get you know seven so mm-hmm. there's a lot more players to to sort through and i think that's why you see a lot of guys like Baseball is a very hard sport. It's hard to yeah. hit a 95 plus. You get a wood bat now as opposed to aluminum in college. There's a lot of changes between major leagues and, and college in terms of the pitchers, in terms of what you use, in terms of the rules. So you need a little bit more development. In this case, this guy absolutely rakes to, to begin. I mean, Brandon said he got his eyes fixed and he still hits. So that's kind of probably the reason for it. But there's there's a lot of factors that go into it that you don't see in other sports. I, I also want... Yeah, quickly, Arash, I also wanted to add, I think we're seeing something in the MLB where they're caring less about service time and are really like, can these guys be cornerstones? 
because Jackson Holiday is 19 years old and he might get called up in September. Yep. Like he's just, he's in 380 at double A and he was the first overall pick out of high school a few years ago. But I mean, that's the point where like they're considered there. This is a team that wants to win a world series and they're like, okay, we can move, you know, Gunnar Henderson can play third. Maybe we bring up 19 year old Jackson Holiday if he's hitting this well at double A right now. So a lot of people are skipping triple A. So I think it's more about who can help us win uh, depending on the situation. I think the Angels are thinking like, look, we need to put on a show for the fans in this last like 40 games at the very least finish over 500. They want to do so because they're not going to make the playoff. You touched on it. Perry Menagina has drafted extremely well. Now, exact, you know, some of those draft picks are going to take some time to develop into the players that, that you think and hope that they will. We've talked a lot about this, you know, Shohei Otani, big decision. Do you think with him drafting well, and if some of these guys come up and play like you hope and think that they will, could this team become a contender? I mean, again, we're kind of talking about what a disappointing season, and it certainly has been. But if some of these young guys hit, and uh, I mean, could they become a contending team sooner than we think? I think, no, that sounds crazy. I think <laughs> even though they didn't get anything for Shohei Otani, if he leaves, um, I think they have $60 million uh, left over, even though they're paying Rendon a lot. They could have a very good team. They have a really good young core. I mean, all hope is not lost losing Shohei Otani. In fact, it could possibly benefit them in the long run if they lose him, as crazy as that sounds, because he's a generational talent, whatever. Like, yeah, it'd be great if the Angels could keep him, but that's I feel like that's out of the window now. You know, it's a, they threw that out of the window. He's not re-signing. He's going to be a, a Dodger probably. <laughs> so, I mean, at the same time, that not one that's going to really piss off Artie Moreno, who hates the Dodgers, <laughs> right? So, and that might force him to sell the team, which I'm just speaking, you know, for Angel fans, not me personally. They would love that. And if they have a new owner and they have this young core, they'd probably keep Perry Minashi and fire everybody else, and then they'd have a really good baseball team. So, yeah, perfect transition there to uh, the team Grant covers and does such a great job. And by the way, if you haven't checked out Grant's uh, great takeaways at the Sporting Tribune, please do. They both, Brandon and Grant, really kind of speak to you like you're a long lost friend and like, hey, here's, <laughs> here's, if you missed the game, here's what happened. Uh, Grant, heck of a run here for the team that you cover 11 straight wins, best in the league. Not only that, you know things are going your way. When Austin freaking Barnes, <laughs> Austin Barnes has a heroic home run, as you wrote about, what's going on with this team right now? Uh, there's some voodoo magic going on with, uh, I don't know what the Dodgers have in their back pocket, but it seems like every guy they get is doing well. It seems like every one of their young guys, that's kind of part of their core is doing well right now. James Outman has had, he's been one of the best hitters in baseball since July. Um, he's had a great August. Um, you know, obviously some of the pitchers haven't panned out, but Bobby Miller has had, I think he's number two or three in ERA since the trade deadline. Um, Julio Urias has been top four since the trade deadline. Um, um, Lance Lynn, he the, Amazing, the acquisition right? has, has panned out to be one of the best ones of the trade deadline, which nobody saw coming, myself included. So, I mean, Andrew Friedman has something's going on with his eye. He he's gotten better vision. It seems like. I mean, I know he's he's notorious for getting guys and, and turning them into reclamation products projects, but. I mean, this year, it, it's it's some voodoo magic because if you have Austin Barnes hitting go-ahead winning home runs in the eighth inning of a playoff atmosphere game in late August, 
I would not have told you that that would have happened probably even a month ago, even two weeks ago, I wouldn't have said that would happen. So the Dodgers are on a roll for, for a variety of reasons, but I think it's just the chemistry. The chemistry is off the charts with this team. Everybody loves each other. I mean, we've seen it in years past. In 2017, they had a very close team. 2018, they did. Even 2020, when they won the title, they did. Yeah. Um, and But it just seems like this team, there's, a, there's veterans that want to win a title. They're bought in. They're on low contracts. They're not no egos. It's kind of just pass the baton, pass the baton. And they've kind of ga- gathered it together in a season that a lot of people said would be a retool or a rebuild, myself included. And they're just proving everybody wrong. They're 10 and a half games up in the West in late August, which is something that I did not see coming. They have the second best record in the entire league. I don't know what else to say about this team. I've, I'm trying to find things to type on, on my articles, <laughs> right? but I'm kind of running out of things to say at this point. Brandon, the way wow. that they're yeah, get in, but, get in. But, but, you know, so the moves that they made at the trade deadline, and we talked about them. They, they didn't make that big splash, right? Which they have in the past. You know, when they when they've gone for the World Series, they've made that big splash move. However, Kiki Hernandez, Lance Lynn, but the Lance Lynn one is the one that I keep thinking about. Like, if this guy pitches this way come October, Brandon, how good can this team be? I think we're getting to the point where you know they could actually win the series in the year. Most people are like, this is a rebuild year. That's the one year. And then once yeah. they're expected to win next <laughs> year with Shohei Otani, they're going to choke again. So, I mean, it's like, I think it's hilarious, but I mean, Lynn's pitching great. Kike has a 900 OPS that's joining the team. Um, Jason Hayward's been great this year. David Peralta, Joe Kelly's been great out of the pen. By the way, the bullpen has been pitching really well recently. Yarborough, I don't know. They got him for a bag of chips. I don't know how they got him, um, but whatever. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I know they gave up. Nestrini, uh, well, who they give up? Nestrini for yeah, Lance Nick Lynn? Nestrini, yeah. I mean, it's looking like that might end up, you know, people were clowning Friedman at the time because Nestrini's good, but that might end up being a decent trade. You know, I mean, Lance Lynn looks like he's great again. I, I can't believe it. This is a miracle. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's gonna happen. Grant, what do you do with J.D. Martinez? Do you, do you kind of say, hey, listen, we're on a run here. No reason to kind of push him out there. Yeah, I, I definitely do that. I am kind of confused about that situation where he's had this nagging injury for over a month now, and it seems like they just keep bringing him back. I don't know if there's a contractual obligation in his contract where he has to play a certain amount of games. Maybe that's it. But at this point, I would say, here, take some rest, go on, th- go on to that IL, bring up Michael Bush, who is absolutely raking in AAA. He is one of their best hitting prospects. Bring him up, let him play a little bit while JD rests. You're 10 and a half games up in the West. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're only one and a half maybe behind somebody. Mm-hmm. You have so much to play with. You have so much room to work with. Let him rest because, look, JD Martinez is one of the, he was an all-star this year. He is one of the most crucial parts of that offense. You're going to need him in October. He's been proven to be an October guy too. So I say rest him. I don't know what what their their situation is with this contract maybe he has it like i said an obligation but right now the right move is to rest him as much as rest everybody as much as possible so that you're good going into the playoffs guys we got a couple of preseason games this weekend at sofi stadium uh, saturday it's the rams and the raiders and sunday it's the chargers at the saints grant will you be at the game on on saturday I think I will be. Uh, it's not confirmed yet, but I would like to get my way out there. I don't know if this hurricane is going to dampen right. any ideas. Hurricane Hillary, guys. It's no <laughs> joke. Everyone's talking about it here in Southern California. You know, the reason that, that I bring it up, Grant, and a loop in you, Brandon, as well. You know, so you're a Rams fan. Uh, there's still this feeling um, that 
you know, there's a lot of Raider fans here. And I, I, what I think happens is that if I'm a Rams fan, I don't want to deal with that on a Saturday. I just want to enjoy myself, certainly for a preseason game. So a lot of fans are like, listen, I'll just sell my tickets on StubHub or whatnot uh, and not deal with that. Like, are you the same way? I mean, how are those games, you know, whether it's the Chargers or the Rams, when the silver and black come to town, it's just like, it seems like they take over. Yeah, yeah. I went to, uh, I think I went to the Raiders Rams last year, the year they won the title. And um, it it was, look, I'll I'll say this about Raider fans. They do come out and I mean, it was probably 60-40 Raiders Rams fans. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Raiders fans are very rowdy. A lot of people get this bad, you know, this bad view of them. In my opinion, I mean, I, you know, obviously I'm very into sports and I'm very into the game when I'm there. But, you know, for the Raider fans, they know football very well. Like they are very in tune with their team. They're very in tune with how the system works how the league works which players are where they're very smart fans because this is this is a storied franchise so every time i've gone i mean i haven't had any issues of course they're rowdy they're talking you know they're smack and all that but i actually appreciate i like the competition you know it, it just makes the Rams, I guess, a little bit more motivated. It makes Rams fans say, hey, let's go fill the stadium. We don't want the Raiders fans taking over. Let's go fill the stadium. So I don't mind it. I haven't had a problem, but I, I understand why Rams fans probably wouldn't want to get into that. Brandon, do you kind of feel the same way? I mean, I think when you when you go to a game, you want to have a good time. And there's this feeling that if it's going to be 50-50 or 60-40 for the opposing team, and certainly if the opposing team is the Raiders, not to stereotype, but, you know, if, if they like to have a few adult beverages and, uh, and, again, those viral videos of the fights in the stand, I just think a lot of people don't want to deal with that. Um, do you agree with that? Like, if, if you were a Rams season ticket holder, would that be a game that you would not go to? Yeah, I'd try to sell the tickets. I mean, it's like that it's after those viral videos, it's like, come on, it's a, it's a football game at the end of the day. Trust me. Like I get, I, I get so attached to, to the Niners all year and they always choke and then I forget about it and I have this, you know, trust in them again and they'll choke again. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's a football game. Like you don't need to be fighting over games, you know, and it does get rowdy. Um, I feel like, the Niners Rams games are more like talkative and less. I was like, going to say that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say And that. then the Raiders fans, a lot of them get into fights with, with Rams uh, fans, I guess. Um, you know, not, not something I'd love to be a part of, to be honest. I would definitely sell my tickets. Uh, guys, USA played Greece today. Won't get into sort of like the specifics of that game, but, uh, you know, before we, close out the first segment. I mean, I, I think a lot of people have really enjoyed watching this team play, and um, we were cautiously optimistic. I'm I'm thinking they're going to win gold. I, I know we had talked about Canada and uh, Greece, obviously, and you know, some of these other um, countries, um, but what have you enjoyed watching, generally speaking, about the team? Uh, I just, Grant, I'll start with you. I just think there's a lot of connectors on this team, like Austin Reeves, Josh Hart. I mean, you have guys that are trying to prove themselves, like Anthony Edwards, uh, Brandon Ingram. Obviously, he's proven to be it. Jalen Brunson is trying to prove that, like, hey, I am, I am here to stay. I didn't just have a one-year fluke. I'm here to stay. So they have a lot of guys that are trying to prove themselves, but it also seems like they love each other. Like, they love to play with each other. Um, the chemistry is building and building. Um, you know, obviously, Obviously, other team, 
Slovenia has Luca, but Greece yeah. doesn't have Giannis. There's yeah. a couple guys that have dropped out. Jamal Murray dropped out from Canada. So there's kind of a pathway for for Team USA to, to get that gold, and I think that they're probably going to get it. I agree. Um, I mean, once Jamal Murray dropped out of Canada, I think it was a foregone conclusion. You know, so from there on, it's like, come on. Luca's not going to beat him with one guy. I mean, who else is on Slovenia? Probably no one in the NBA. I can guarantee yeah. that. So, I mean, USA is in one for sure. Real quick before we close it out, uh, Graham, by the way, uh, the schedule comes out and the Clippers, <laughs> I forgot the number of like back to back. Those games in the morning. I mean, the Intuit Dome can't open soon enough, right? Yeah, they, they have 15 back-to-backs, the same amount as last year. They're going to have a lot of five and sevens as well. They're going to get screwed over again. And I think that this is, look, 41 more home games until into it. That's all we need. <laughs> I, I am just waiting for that because they they got screwed over again. But this is a test of what they can do. They have to go through these things this year to win a title. And I, I think it's it might be beneficial for them, honestly. Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. Steve Ballmer brought it up uh, when he bought the team. I mean, the number of day games that they have, again, when when Staples Center has two games in, in one day, unless it's a 12.30 game on national TV, the Clippers have to play in the morning, and the Clippers have to play like these back-to-backs, and, these, and it's just not conducive. Again, they get the third pick. Think about that. Not yeah. even the number two pick. Behind the Lakers and behind the Kings, the Clippers have to kind of like get what they can get, and uh, that that won't be the case. So it, it'll be helpful for them. It goes without saying to move into the two billion dollar into a dome, which is opening uh, next year across the street from SoFi Stadium. All right, Graham. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll have you back on next week. Uh, We'll leave it there for now, and when we come back, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Jill Painter-Lopez when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Right, let's head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and join the Sporting Tribune's Jill Painter-Lopez. Jill, how are you? Hi, Arash. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Jill, there's two baseball teams technically in Los Angeles. We both know one of them is not really in Los Angeles County, but that's okay. You are going to the game uh, that I would love to go to because in um, Anaheim, it's very rare. We talked about this in the first segment. Normally, when a player gets drafted in the Major League Baseball draft, we don't see them for quite some time. Um 
I, and I'm sure you were planning to go to this game regardless. I'm very intrigued by what's happening out there. What what are you expecting when you go to the Big A tonight? Well, I mean, they're going to face the Rays. So yes. that's, a, you know, they're first in line for the wild card. They're coming out of the AL East. Uh, obviously, Baltimore, the surprise uh, leading that uh, division. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm expecting that the Angels really, um, it, it's uh, a bummer how far, they, how far they've fallen, especially after the trade deadline, after they went all in and, and made some trades and, and uh, you know, I just, it, it's got to be the final push, this homestand. Uh, and Trout uh, has said uh, earlier this week he's making some progress and he might be back soon, but uh, they, they're facing a tough raised team, uh, that's for sure. And then Brandon's going to head out there next week, and so we're giving him a little bit of a breather. Brandon, what's your expectation for this upcoming series against Tampa Bay? Um, I think it's a bit easier without Wander Franco now, which, you know, we won't get into further on that, on that situation, but even though he's, you know, not the greatest human being, um, for what we know, for what came out, he's a great baseball player. Now they don't have a shortstop, right? So that's number one. Uh, the Rays have struggled really on the mound recently. Shane McClanahan just went on the IL and he'll be out for two years. Well, the rest of this year and next year with Tommy John. And I think he's like the eighth pitcher to get Tommy John for them over the past two years, which is crazy. They had Jeffrey Springs earlier on this year and a couple other guys. But they're still a fundamentally really good baseball team. They got Yandy Diaz. They got guys that step up. They got a great pen. And the Angels are still injury-ridden right now. I mean, Brandon Drury hasn't looked the same since he came back from injury. You know, he's, I think, three out of his last 30. And then Mickey Moniak, the guy that was really the spark plug of their run, in May, um, in the beginning of June, you know, when he had a 17 game hitting streak and he had over a thousand OPS and like 150 at bats, he's nine out of his last 67, you know, he's in about a buck, buck 10, buck 20 over that span. So his lack of production, then Taylor Ward, who was starting to heat up, obviously got hit in the face. Thankfully he's alive. That's a very scary injury. And hopefully he can play next season and get back to what he was doing. But with trout, just like Jill said, still being out, I don't have many expectations for the team to take two out of three. I think they'll take one against the race this weekend. Jill, last week you were at uh, Dodger Stadium. Um, what what they've done this month is absolutely amazing. 11 straight wins. Every trade that they made for the most part, you look at Lance Lynn, you look at Kike coming back, has hit. Your thoughts on this team? And again, no one thought, I mean, they, this team generally has high expectations. This was a year where there wasn't a ton coming into it. Here they are now, 10 and a half games up on the division, hottest team in baseball. Your thoughts on what's happening there? Well, I think there was so much energy infused with all these guys, like you're mentioning, that they got at the trade deadline. So the trade deadline, of course, August 1st, it's no secret uh, that they always just seem to make those in-season moves that kind of put them over the edge, 15-1 and one, uh, in August, the 11-game win streak, as you mentioned. Um, look at the bullpen with with Kelly. Kel Joe Kelly has actually you know, yeah. been down uh, for a few days here. Uh, but Brazier, I mean, he has just been awesome out of the pen for them. Uh, and then, of course, the, the guys uh, in, in the lineup, um, Kike, of course. Um, but then you look at their fundament, that, that lineup, and fundamentally, I mean, uh, Mookie Betts batting yeah. over 400 in August, Freddie Freeman, those two guys at the top of the lineup. I mean, you just can't get those guys out. Uh, and then, of course, Kike has, I mean, he's already played six positions. 
he's been here how long? Like two weeks. Yeah. Uh, so just the versatility, uh, the infused energy in that lineup, it's been awesome. And then, of course, Kershaw having come back to make two starts. And other than a solo home, home run uh, a couple of days ago, uh, that in his second start back, I mean, again, like another trade deadline acquisition. So they are just rolling, as you said, the playing the best baseball uh, of anybody uh, in the major leagues. And, you know, I was watching the game last night and, and Joe Davis said uh, it, this called it a dream season. Yeah. Like what they're having right now. And so I think everybody's expectations are not, not at the beginning of the year, but now it's like this team can win the world series. It's not, it's not that, 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 that like if they win the world series this year, when again, they, they've come so close before, but in this particular season where again, not that anyone thought that they would be bad, but this was not their world series uh, season. Uh, by the way, you, you can not only read Jill's amazing work at the sporting tribune, but you had a follower on social media, uh, Jill painter Lopez at Jill painter Lopez on Instagram. And I bring that up, uh, Jill, because there's so many new sports out there. And I'm seeing you with a paddle, and I'm trying to figure out what is Jill playing out there because we're familiar with pickleball. We're familiar with all these new sports. Tell me what you were doing out there. Good question, Arash. So it's called Paddle Ball, Tactica Paddle, and was out there with uh, Beto Duran of ESPN nice. LA. Uh, he was actually really good at it. He was working up a sweat by the time I even arrived at Dignity Health Sports Complex where they have some of these uh, courts in Carson. And so it's it basically a, a takeoff pickleball, but but this uh, sport was born in Mexico in 1969. Uh, my husband, who grew up in Mexico, has actually, when I came home and I was telling about it, he's like, I played pickleball. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, but it's just, you know, a, a racket, it's on turf. So better, better. Uh, it was a really, cush- obviously a cushiony surface. So that's uh, kind of one of the knocks on pickleball is the all the knee injuries and, and stuff like that. Um, not a ton of courts, uh, mostly being played in Florida, Texas, California, San, San Diego as well. Uh, but again, something like pickleball, um, you can play, there's glass walls behind you. So you can play off one bounce. Uh, so really cool, basically just to take off tennis and, and pickleball. But, uh, you know, another one of those sports that's a, uh, invading the, the popularity in the U.S. And it is the, I, I still can't believe this, second most popular sport in Spain. Really? After? after? Is it soccer is number one? Uh, yeah, second most popular be, right? yeah. sport in Spain after soccer. So that, that blows my mind. But it was a lot of fun. Would have never have thought that. Uh, Jill, we have two preseason games at SoFi Stadium. We got the Rams and the Raiders on Saturday. We got the Chargers and the Saints on uh, Sunday. Those uh Teams have been practicing this week. Um, not a lot of expectations for the Rams, uh, Jill. Although I, I got to admit, like if they stay healthy, I mean, th- th- I, I think that they could do much better than people are expecting. On paper, the Chargers, you know, come back on paper, one of the more talented teams in the league. They have not found a way to kind of parlay that into postseason success. Um, just generally speaking, your thoughts on the two teams in town here? Uh, you know, their team's going in, in, in different directions this season. Uh, the Chargers, I think Brandon Staley's got to, you know, make his mark uh, this year. Uh, obviously, we've, we've talked ad nauseum about uh, the loss to, to Jacksonville in the playoffs in the first round last year, losing that 27-point lead. Uh, this year, obviously, they've got, uh, you know, Justin Herbert under contract. Uh, the, the receivers, if they can stay healthy. Uh, defensively, they've got some, uh, you know, young guys, uh, and they've got the old standbys as well. Uh, with Bosa um, and Derwin James. But again, it is about staying healthy for the LA Chargers. If they can do that, they can make a lot of noise. Uh, But 
you know, for everybody, it's like the Kansas City Chiefs are still the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's going to be that, uh, you know, deal there. Uh, of course, having them in your division is just super tough. Uh, and then you look at the the Rams, um, obviously, with, uh, uh, you know, almost starting the season with almost 40 rookies uh, with the cuts, they're going to be down. Uh, but just the secondary, they're going to be tested. Um, they've lost so much in the secondary, of course, uh, Jalen Ramsey being one of the big ones. But uh, hard to have a young secondary. Uh, Aaron Donald, of course, anchoring that defensive line. But, you know, and if they can stay healthy on offense with Stafford and, and Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup obviously having that preseason injury, uh, they'll be okay there. Um, did want to mention, if you follow Ricardo underscore yes. uh, Deporte, he is going to be giving away uh, for anybody that makes a donation uh, to the uh, to, to the Maui Fire, so with Maui Food Bank or uh, any of those uh, uh, fundraisers that they have going on right there. He's got two tickets and parking to Rams wow. Raiders, so follow him on, on uh, Twitter or X, and uh, he's going to be giving away those for Saturday's game. If you could give out his handle one more time, that, that is really cool. Sure. It's, uh, it's Ricardo underscore Deporte. Deporte means sports in Espanol, so yes, I love Ricardo that. underscore D-E-P-O-R-T-E. He's going to put that uh, on Twitter today. Uh, so in a great, you know, great to get into a, a preseason game. If you've never been to SoFi, uh, obviously, uh, being a Broncos fan, I try to stay away from any game with the Raiders in it, but no, I'm just, just joking. <laughs> uh, Jill, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, going back to the Rams, the Rams do have their first, uh, pick first round pick this upcoming season. One of the few years they do have that, by the way, over the next few years, Caleb yeah. Williams, obviously a generational prospect from USC. Matthew Stafford already did his job. They won a Super Bowl. He's getting a bit older. Not saying, I'm just saying mid-season, they got a lot of rookies on their team. If Cooper Cup sustains a little injury or Matt Stafford sustains a little injury, let's say they're two and two and seven. What are the chance? Because I've been thinking about this. I think logistically long-term, they won their Super Bowl with Cup. I know he's getting older, and Stafford was getting older are kind of banged up. They don't have the best record. Could they start to tank a little bit and get that number one overall pick and prepare for the future? Oh, Sean McVay is just not wired that way. I mean, yeah. I like what, what you're saying. I'd love to see Caleb Williams uh, stay in, in uh, Los Angeles and, uh, you know, try and return that team to uh, to the glory years of their, their Super Bowl a couple of years back. But uh, I, I don't, I just don't see the Rams doing that. Now they may do it on their own just because they're playing so bad. Um, but I think Vegas is, what is it, Arash? Is it three and a half wins they've got the Rams at? I think so, yeah. Am I, I might be wrong on that, but it's... I'll uh, double check, but it's low. It's, I mean, again, I mean, the youngest team, if not the youngest, you know, yeah. one of the two youngest teams in the league. Uh, you know, but, but I, I think the thing is, uh, a year ago, so many of their key guys got hurt. So I mean, you, you have to think, and it's a huge if, right? But, you know, if Stafford stays healthy, if Cooper Cup stays healthy, if Aaron Donald, if, if, they're, if their starters stay healthy, um, but Jill, I'm right with you. The, the Sean McVay is not wired that way. You would have to fire Sean McVay, which is not going to happen, and basically tell his successor, you're going to lose games. So I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. A random thought, Jill, because I, I saw this in the news, you know, uh, near your old stomping grounds at the Daily News, the Rams are going to be building their brand new practice facility in Woodland Hills. This is great because here's the thing. I've always thought that um, during the course of the week, and 
this is even when they were going to the Super Bowl. It's just hard to get local media, not the beat reporters, but local media to drive all the way to Agoura Hills or Thousand Oaks. At least in Woodland Hills, you're a little bit closer. And it seems, Jill, that they do want to build something kind of like what the Cowboys have in Dallas, where you got a hotel, you got like a gym, and uh, that's going to be great. I mean, your thoughts there and how much that's going to help the a team. Well, first of all, I love it for my commute because I live <laughs> in West Hills right next door. But, uh, no, I think the Valley, it, it's its not that far. And you're talking, you're right, to go up to Thousand Oaks for people like like yourself in Manhattan Beach or, yeah. or people downtown. I mean, that's a drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're right. You're asking people to go a long way. Uh, but Woodland Hills, it's a nice, uh, there's a nice uh, Warner Center uh business center uh, in that area. I mean, you're talking about the Topanga Outdoor Mall, which has a lot of great restaurants, uh, the hotels that are already there, they'll probably build more. Uh, it's just kind of a nice central uh, location. Uh, you're never going to build anything in LA where you're not going to have traffic to and from, but it's definitely more centrally uh, located. I just think there's a lot uh, going on in that area. And so I, I think it's great. It, also, Raj, as you know, it's, it's hard to be able to buy a bunch of land in yeah. one spot anywhere in LA. And the fact that Stan Kroenke has been able uh, to do that, I think is, is pretty cool. So little, little bit uh, closer, that's for sure. And the Chargers are doing the same thing, obviously. Yeah. El Segundo. So Costa Mesa, I mean, it's like, it's so far. <laughs> it is far. It, 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 it's amazing. It's taken both of these teams and I know they had a lot going on, but the Rams came back 2016. The uh, Chargers arrived in 2017. And just now they're building or beginning the process of building their uh, new permanent practice facilities. The uh, Chargers facility will be done by next year. I think um, the Rams will at least move to Woodland Hills, but their new facility is going to take some time. But um, no, listen, I mean, it's just good for them to be a little bit closer. The, the Chargers were, were, again, very much down south. The Rams very much up north. Staying with the uh, Chargers because you brought them up, and, and, and I've said this, it's going to take, regardless of the success that the Rams and the Chargers have, and certainly with the Rams, listen, they've got a two Super Bowls that they've won one, it's going to take time. I mean, you're, you're going to have to develop a generation of new fans, um, you know, because again, as you know, Jill, when you go to a Broncos Chargers game, over half, and I would guess more than half, maybe 60% are Broncos fans. What's going to, I mean, so my opinion is it's, it's going to just take time and you can't fast track that you, you may want to try to fast track it, but it's going to take time. I mean, the kids who were growing up with Justin Herbert jerseys and playing flag football, that's your Los Angeles charger fan base. And you're going to have to wait till they grow up. Um, your thoughts there? I mean, because again, I think, and by the way, it's not just the Chargers and the Rams. You saw this in Las Vegas. Vegas is dealing with the same team, a very transient town, uh, you know, a town that didn't have pro football. And so you can't just plant a team there and say the entire community is going to support them. How long will it take until Los Angeles becomes a Chargers Rams town, I guess? Uh, it's a good question. I think it's going to take the two things, like you mentioned, time and winning. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a, a franchise that, I mean, you got to win a Super Bowl. Uh, they, they developed such a huge fan base in San Diego. Uh, I know friends who used to, who had season tickets in LA that used to drive to San Diego uh, and go to games, you know, every other week. I don't think that's happened because the San Diego fans are so, most of them seem disen, disenchanted uh, with that move uh, to Los Angeles. But, uh, you know, it's hard to get a foothold in this market when you're the other team 
Clippers, obviously, being the other team, they moved up from San Diego a long time ago as well. What's it going to take? It's going to take winning a Super Bowl or certainly having a team that is a formidable and has a chance to win a championship uh, every year. But they've got the stars, uh, you know, so they're just battling. And this is such a hard market, as you know. You mentioned Vegas. There's not another NFL team. It's just one. Yeah. And because that that uh, area is so transient, uh, it's, it's difficult. But, uh, you know, I think a lot more Raiders fans travel to Vegas. Yeah. It's a destination place. Uh, then you have certainly here uh, in Los Angeles. So it's it's tough, but you just got to keep at it with promotions and promoting your stars. Uh, you know, the Derwin James, the Quinton Johnson, I think he's going to be their first round pick at receiver. I mean, he is going to be uh, fantastic for them. Justin Herberts and Bosa's and, uh, you know, it's it's promotion of stars. It's time and it's, it's winning. There's no yeah. substitute for that. And I always thought, to, I like to talk to, Brandon about this because he is part of the lost generation where they he grew up in Los Angeles with no pro football team. Now, uh, you know, he, he grew up in a family that they were San Francisco fans and great history there. So just because the Rams and Chargers came back, I mean, Brandon, right, you're not going to say, well, forget the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, that's been your team your entire life. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm always going to stay loyal, diehard 49ers fan. But, like, also, I'm one of those weird fans who's a Laker, diehard Lakers fan, diehard 49ers fan, and grew up an Angels fan, right? So a very <laughs> weird combination of uh, of certain things. But, no, I mean, I think that's when you look at Los Angeles and the demographics and all of the fan bases, not the demographics, like who they root for, it's pretty split. It's Niners, Raiders, Chargers, Rams, you know, like it's probably Chargers to the least Niners, Raiders, probably more than others. But at the same time, I mean, it's like, I don't think that changes. I do think the Chargers have a better outlook in gaining fans. Cause I think the Rams have a lot of fans they are already going to have, I know they have their Super Bowl, but I'm telling you having a generational quarterback helps from Justin Herbert. They're going to have a ton of young fans moving forward and becoming lifelong Chargers fans. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the thing, and I don't want to say they lucked into it, but they kind of did. It, it, it wasn't like it was the number one pick in the draft, uh, and they got Herbert, and and he has the ability over these next couple of years to be the guy. Again, Patrick Holmes is the guy. Um, real quick, Jill, and, uh, this is sort of like a uh, curveball. By the way, so Sean Payton was living out here in Manhattan Beach, and I thought for sure if the Chargers don't win a playoff game, Sean Payton's just going to move down the street and become the Chargers coach. He didn't. He's now the Broncos coach in 60 seconds. Can Sean Payton fix what happened to Russell Wilson last year? Can the Broncos be a good team? Yes, I think he can fix what happened to Russell Wilson, but it's not going to be an overnight uh, deal uh, in Denver. Uh, They've got a lot of... uh, question marks, a lot to look forward to uh, as well. Uh, but you look at that at that team and, and how bad they were last year and, and, and how uh, downtrodden they were. But I honestly, like Deion Sanders and Boulder, like Peyton is like, you know, this is what we are going to do. We're not mm-hmm. having our personal chefs in our own office and all that. <laughs> we are just back to football. We're back to, to basics. Uh, and I love it because he is a great uh, football mind. Uh, he knows how to use his timeouts. Thank God. Uh, and, <laughs> and and he's going to get this team on the right track and Russell Wilson. Now, is that yes. going to equate to playoffs this year? I don't think so, but uh, we'll get up back on the right track. Awesome. Jill, you're the best. Uh, look forward to having you on next week and reading your column uh, next week in the Sporting Tribune. That's all the time we have for today. Until next week, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. West side. Uh...
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.